Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 79. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you very much for tuning in today. And before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to give a real quick shout out to my boys at Toronto FC, who had an absolutely fantastic playoff run. They weren't expected to make it as far as they did, especially with Josie Altador, our star striker, being injured. But they had a couple really great big boy wins on the road, playing with so much heart and as a unit. It really made the final kind of heartbreaking. We lost 3-1 in Seattle, especially since we kind of dominated the first 60 minutes, just couldn't finish any of the opportunities again without, you know, a lead striker. And uh, when you don't score, you don't win. And then when we let in that deflection goal, it really took the wind out of our sails and it it was downhill from there. But the guys had an absolutely... Great playoff run, and I don't think they got enough credit for it. Uh, When you turned on the sports news on Monday here in Toronto, it was mostly news about the Raptors, uh, who had a great win against the Lakers, and they had that huge game coming up against the Clippers, and then there was all the Don Cherry controversy. So I think their playoff run really kind of uh, ended up laying low in the news, and I I thought that was a real shame. So I at least wanted to give them a shout out on my own platform so congratulations guys and I'm looking forward to the 2020 season and another season that starts the way we finish this year so today on the podcast really really cool episode we've got Jake Clemens with us who has rock and roll royalty in his blood he is an accomplished musician multi-instrumentalist songwriter uh, solo artist and he also plays the saxophone in a little band you might have heard of called Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band He is, of course, the nephew of the legendary Clarence Clements, who was the original saxophonist for the E Street Band, but unfortunately passed away in 2011. And Jake has just released his second solo record called Eyes on the Horizon, which is what we are here to talk about today. So I met up with Jake a few weeks back, and man, he's just a really cool cat, really uh, really down-to-earth and easy to hang out with. And there's actually a bizarre story, actually, from our meeting, and I think the interview got cut a little bit short because of it, but before we before we met up, he had been eating, like, a, a cookie or something, and you can actually hear it at the beginning of the interview. It's, um, it's it, it got stuck in his throat a bit, and he had a hard time breathing. And we had to stop the interview twice, actually, so he could go to the washroom, you know, get some water, and, uh, of course, he was, he was okay in the end. But I remember the first time... He was gone for quite a while, and I just remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, you can't let a member of the E Street Band die on your watch. So I, I went and checked on him, and, and of course he was okay. It just took him a little while to get whatever was stuck in there out, but uh, eventually we were able to move on, and in the end we had a really uh, nice chat about uh, you know his life and music and his projects, and um, I'm really excited to share it with you today. And thank you again, Jake, for taking that time. He had a really busy day that day, so I really appreciate it. So let's do the Adamantium Recommend segment. Jake has two full-length albums and a couple EPs of material. So here are five songs by Jake Clemens, recommended by myself. So starting with his new record, I recommend the songs Consumption Town, which also features Tom Morello, which is really cool. I also recommend the song Ayuda. 
and as well the Leonard Cohen cover of Democracy. Then going back to his first solo record, which was called Fear and Love, I recommend the songs Sick, Broke, and Broken, and possibly my favorite song of his is called Janine. So enjoy yourself some Jake Clements music. Uh, enjoy this interview. If this is the first time you're listening to the Adamantium podcast, first of all, thank you for tuning in, and we would love for you to tune in again. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically anywhere you get your podcast. You can also follow us on social media. We're available on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The handles are all a little bit different, but you can find us just by searching the Adamantium. And that is that. So let's dive into the interview with Jake Clemens right here on episode number 79 of the Adamantium podcast. Thank you guys very much for tuning in and have a great week. Cool. So thank you again. We got Jay Clemens here. Um, first of all, congratulations. On the new album, thank Some you. Exciting times right now. Eyes on the horizon. I keep wanting. I'm a huge U2 fan. Oh, cool. As Eric knows, so I keep wanting to say no line on the horizon, but <laughs> eyes on the horizon. <laughs> and um, yeah, it came out at the beginning of the month. It's your second album. So tell me, um, there's some pretty prevalent themes on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, um, lyrically, musically, what was the, um, what were you trying to express on this album? Uh, yeah, the vision for the record is uh, <clears throat> is very much to uh, just kind of illuminate some of the issues that um, are dividing uh, us as as as, as people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really bizarre how things have been allowed to be so politicized these days mm-hmm. and um, and polarizing. And um, yeah, so I don't know. The, the the hope of the record is to kind of point out some of the things that we can all agree on are just are our problems. Right. That we uh, that we can hopefully uh, address as a as a as a as a culture at large, um, and uh, and then to keep our focus on who we want to be as people, mm-hmm. you know, and um, our gaze fixed there. And it's it was it, what I found so interesting is because uh, some of them are obviously very heavy issues yeah. that we're talking about, but you come at kind of everything with this kind of positive vibe, and so how how is it? Or what were you feeling? How was how is it that you were able to kind of put that together, the way it is together? Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's important to have a positive um, perspective, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even if it takes effort. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, it's one thing to, like I said, just to call out problems and um, to address them, but um, there has to be some kind of resolve. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the you point? Know? Yeah, because I mean, there's a way to come at it like a. You know, like a protest, like a, a rage against the machine, almost like getting your anger out. Sure. But you come at it a completely, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. Obviously, um, but you come at it a completely different, like almost like with you know, trying to put out a solution rather than just here's the problem we have. Cause, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is interesting because I mean, I guess we know what the problem is. <laughs> we know the problems <laughs> are in front of us. And they have been. Um, and uh, I especially noticed there is you did a song, um, a cover of Leonard Cohen's "Democracy." Yeah. Which uh, I, I'm not sure if you're actually aware, but the the Lumineers also actually have that yeah. on their latest album. Do you think that this is? I mean, uh, right now in this time, right now, it is artists' way of saying like, look, this is, it's time to make a change, time to make a stand. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say that there's definitely, uh, you know, we, we've we've reached some sort of a threshold, I think, and uh, more artists are start, starting to um, let that reflect in their art. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny you mentioned the Lumineers because uh, uh, I actually had to thank them because I had not heard that song until they performed it for the Tower of Song. Okay. Um, yeah, they were asked to uh, to perform. There's a whole Leonard Cohen um, uh, tribute concert okay and uh, they were part of it and that's the first time i'd heard it so you heard it from the lumineers first actually yeah that's right oh wow oh wow yeah and uh yeah put it on my record and um i I was just talking to wes last week actually um and uh yeah he said that they they had such a great response from it that they decided to put it on their record too Mm -hmm. so yeah it's cool how and but your it's it's funny your your version is obviously very very different from the lumineers version so how did you want to take that song and and kind of make it your own. Um, that's just how it resonated inside of me, you know. Okay. I, I heard I heard the song, went home and um, listened to Leonard Cohen's version and um, read the lyrics, and um, yeah, that's just the way it resonated in me. Mm-hmm. I reflected a lot on my childhood and uh, and growing up in the communities that I did, um, and the beliefs that I, that you know were passed passed down to me. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So it came out with a little bit more angst. What, what neighborhood did you grow up in? <laughs> Uh, my dad was in the military. So okay. I grew up on yeah military bases um, for most of my young childhood. In in, in like New York area or no? Uh, I was born in Beaufort, South Carolina. Okay. Which is uh, have you seen uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket? For yeah, example. Yeah. 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 So the first seventy-five minutes of that movie is where I was born. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That's <laughs> yeah. the best part of the movie too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then uh, and then Hawaii for first okay and then wow, two uh, very different places yeah North Carolina after that and then uh, Virginia until uh, until the end of high school wow so so when when did you move to Hawaii when I was a baby oh when you were a baby okay yeah, yeah. and I okay. was there um, yeah until I was just about seven wow so wow so and and what at what point did you start playing music. Um, it was always in our house, you know, it was, my okay. dad was the band director for the, for the Marine Corps, so. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, it was always a part of, I don't know, our home. Um. What was playing in the house when you were growing up? Yeah. Gospel. Very strict. Uh, it was gospel. Really? Okay. Marching band music. Okay. And classical music. Interesting. Yeah. That's what my, my, my grandfather played the drums in the army as oh, well. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, um, but very, it's funny, because I, I play the drums, and my dad nice. plays the drums, but completely, completely different yeah, styles, obviously, right? Because right? he learned side hand. Right. And, uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, what was, so did you learn, what did you learn first? What was the first instrument you picked up? Uh, piano. Piano, usually yeah. how it goes, yeah. Yeah, my dad was uh, yeah, pretty particular about that. Um, they usually say once you learn piano every other instrument can come a lot more natural. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a foundation. Yeah. You know? um, and it was, yeah, it was really significant. I wanted to play saxophone first, and uh, but, you know, my dad, um, very wisely, yeah. insisted that I play piano first. Well, and what, do you remember the first song you ever learned? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> no. What about, like, do you remember the first rock and roll song you ever learned? Huh. <laughs> No one's ever asked me that before. No, eh? I think it would have been Winds of Change. Really? By Scorpions? Yeah. Okay. On the piano? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was... Uh, That's a cool answer. They were on MTV 
Uh, I used to sneak it every 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 so Right. Often. So is that where you did the, the the rock and roll influence came in? You used to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Out of curiosity, um, my brother ended up getting a uh, an early release of Nevermind for some reason. Okay. I don't know how he got it, but um, yeah. So he was like seven years older than me, and uh, in university at the time. And, and was uh, he a musician as well? No, he was a scientist. Music? Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, yeah, kind of a. Uh, forced me to listen to that for an entire day. Uh, I hadn't really been exposed to rock and roll much before so that. what was your first impressions, you know, coming from a gospel background? Yeah, I didn't understand it at all. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was hard for me to listen to. Did it sound like noise just? To yeah, you? exactly. Yeah. 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 It was one of those, like, um, I felt like, uh, you know, when the, when, the, when the radio or TV does that, you right. turn it's it static. off. Right, static, yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I was going side A, side B, side A, side B, and I eventually was trying to find like some sense of, uh, I don't know, like some way to enjoy it. Right. And uh, yeah, once that locked in, I kind of fell in love with it. And, really? So yeah. it went from one kind of one end of the spectrum to the other? Yeah, exactly. And that's like, well, obviously one of the most iconic albums of, yeah, of all time. Um, so what made you want to learn to play the saxophone? Yeah, so uh, I was eight years old. I went and saw East Street play for the first time. Um, and uh, you know, I hadn't heard that music before that show. Like, really? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was not. You know, despite family relations, it wasn't allowed in the house. Still, you know? Really interesting. <laughs> and that was was that your dad's brother? Yeah, exactly. Clarence was your dad's brother. And they, you know, like, they, they loved each other. It's just you know, it was, yeah. Uh, I was very conservative. Uh, it was a very conservative household. Conservative yeah. household so, um, but uh, yeah, so uh, went there, watched the show, and just. Uh, you know, saw my uncle do his thing, and I uh, was just, you know, like, just blown away by the, by the whole experience. Right. And uh, walked out of there like every other eight-year-old, and told my dad I wanted to play saxophone. What did your dad think <laughs> at the time? Uh, he was like, you know, he was like, oh, all right, well. Uh, he was okay with it. Yeah, I mean, like hypothetically, yeah. he right, said, right. you know, his way of saying no, I think, was, you got to play piano for right. few years first. Which is not a bad thing. Yeah. It's not a bad thing, but I think right. you know, I think he was hoping that I would, you know. Walk away from it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Wow. Um, do you, yeah, wow, that's, a, yeah, that's an incredible. I mean, it's a, one of your first rock and roll experiences seeing your uncle play in one of the greatest things. Yeah. Time, right? so, but. Exactly. It's one of those things where, um, you know, it's, it's, it's such an incredible experience that it, it, in some ways, could ruin you. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because like, all of a sudden, like, your first experience is, is the bar. And, uh, you know, my expectation for what a live show should be right. was immediately about, like, so when connection. You, when you started becoming a professional musician, did you ever feel a pressure of having to live up to the family name or some, or anything like that? Um, or were you always doing your own thing? Yeah, I was always doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, I changed my professional last name for a while to my mom's maiden name. Okay. Just because I wanted to have some kind of a separation. Separation from it. And, you know, I wanted to pave my own way. I wanted to you know, like make my own road. Of course. Um, that was always important to me. Uh, and had you done, I know there was Fear and Love came out two years ago. Had you done any solo work uh, previous to that? Or was your first kind of um, inception into a professional music career through the E Street Band? Um, so I had two EPs that came out before that. Before that? Yeah. Okay. Um, when then, were they? Sorry. When when did they come out? Ah, uh, two thousand 
2010. Okay. Um, and then uh, 2013. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as a solo artist, uh, yeah, I, I started that career in 2010. Right. Um, and kind of just jumped off and, uh, and went for it. Um, I'd always been, you know, a professional musician before right. that, but... Um, were you just were you playing in other other bands? Yeah, other, okay. yeah, yeah. And, you know, I spent a good part of my position. early twenties just being like a guy on call. You know, okay, kind of like you needed mostly uh, saxophone. Mostly saxophone, yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, and then you got an offer. Obviously, they couldn't refuse. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that was a it was it was that the whole E Street thing was very tender. Um, it was a of course. You know, I mean, it was it was, it was very. Personal side of it as well. Yeah, large. I mean, like uh, significantly, right? Significantly more than anything else. Than anything else, I'm yeah. sure. I mean, because I, I had my own professional career that I was working on and, and yeah. was doing really well, um, and uh, and there was definitely a fear of getting lost, um, right? You know, uh, along, along along the way with that, but uh, but it was also, you know, just out of the honor and respect for for Clarence that um, that, that it, you, you know, yeah, it had to continue, and, right? Yeah, fortunately, you know, it was... Uh, I mean, and fortunate, I think, fortunate for Clarence, too, that you, he had a nephew that could live on his his legacy as well as start yeah, his own. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty beautiful transition. Yeah. Um, definitely not easy, but yeah. yeah so then sure. between, say between uh, your first EPs to Fear and Love to say now I on the Horizon, how do you think you've uh, grown as a solo musician? <clears throat> um, yeah, you know, growth is really important to me. Um, it's it's interesting to listen to those records back to back. Um, I, I feel like it's a you know there's an obvious progression. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess across the board, you know, the, the first EP we we, re- we recorded in four hours, um, and it was really just to get into clubs. You know, right. like we, we needed to book shows and we didn't have anything to yeah to work off of, so we. We booked a studio from like midnight till four a.m. and uh, recorded most of it live. Wow! And then, uh, yeah, um, the very <laughs> we would then at our shows we would burn copies of the record and then like write the track listing on the CDs themselves and like number them because I figured you know like maybe these will be yeah, yeah. at one point. Um, and uh, yes, the people that back in those... that two thousand and ten or whatever? yeah, two thousand and ten, yeah. So yeah, the, when the... people still burn CDs, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean we're backstage at the shows. Yeah, two thousand tens around when I first learned to drive, and I have, I still have in because it's in my parents' car that like CD case of there's probably about a dozen yeah, yeah, mix, yeah. mix CDs I had for let's not like driving <laughs> tunes. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the first, the first, like one through five probably sound a bit different from each other right and dramatically different from like what number 15 might sound like because yeah. we were like editing on the way as well yeah so um yeah but so that being said you know that the uh the finished ep uh still sounds dramatically different than the next ep right um which we were in the studio proper for mm-hmm. and uh was meant to be a full length but i was on tour with east street um through a lot of that process so right. i didn't have a lot of time to right finish a full length then. I mean, if I saw the E Street Band in 2012 here yeah. at the Rogers Center. Nice, yeah. Were you playing, were you re-playing yeah. them at that point? Oh, wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun night. Yeah. Oh, I mean, always it's like four-hour fiesta, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. What was it like, like, 
Wait, it was like that. That's a crazy amount of endurance. Was that ever tough for you to do? Uh, no, because you don't feel it. You yeah. Know? Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel He's it. He's got all that adrenaline, too. Yeah, and for me, you know, it's just the whole point of being there is like to have this special moment with right. the entire room. You know? Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a roller coaster. Did you have a favorite tune that you like playing? Uh, on that stage, no. I mean, it's all scripture to me. Right. You know? So gotcha. it's all, like, you know. So then from, from Fear and Love to now, what do you think has been your biggest step as a musician? Whether <clears throat> yeah. it's lyrically, musically. Well, that was a big transition for me. I had always wanted to... Uh, I, I'd always respected people that spoke about, you know, larger issues, um, societal issues. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've always been a big fan of the protest song. And, okay. Um, but never really, I never really nailed down like a way to, to lend my voice to that. Um, and uh, yeah, in the, in the process of putting this record together, I feel like it really kind of honed itself in, you know. I, I don't like to be divisive. I don't like, um, uh, I mean, it's important to take a stand, but also I, 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 there's so many different ways to look at things. And um uh, so that that's where my big struggle had always been, um, but at the end of the day, like when it when it boiled down to it for this record, um, finding a way to confront issues in a way that um, it, it unites people um, is kind of what, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's like the the tone that I was able to find. Right, I know for 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 example, the single that you put out, Consumption Town. That one specifically has, you know, pulls on the issues of greed and. Yeah. So what were what, what were you kind of feeling at the time that that made you want to write this song? Um, man, you know, it's it's it's, I don't know, it's a it's a significant, significantly big issue. I mean, it's a from the way that uh, corporations um, are, uh, I don't know, I guess like. Celebrated in a lot of ways, yeah. Um, and uh, down to our own personal decisions with, like, you know, s- single use, everything, you know, right. disposable, everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had I, seen a documentary on, um, you know, just the reality of what plastic is, and and, and this video I saw from like nineteen sixty or something like that, like when, when like the the, the first like. Uh, plastic picnic stuff, you know, right. was introduced, yes, yeah. and like the family's got like their whole setup, and they finish eating, and then they like just, you know, whip the cloth whip up in the, the air, right. and the trash goes flying, and right. you know, and 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 how that in the last you know 50, 60 years has just turned into this insane uh, existence, you know, right. where we have like like small plastic continents floating in the ocean, right. you know, and um, it's affecting every aspect of our lives, you yeah. Know? Um, not just environmentally, but also, um, I don't know, you see it play, play, it's, play itself out in... Day-to-day uh, life. Yeah, but, you know, like, even like, like, like our app-based relationships, right. you know, of like, um, man, I'd really like to meet somebody. I'm going to swipe left. Right. You know, like, we've just gotten so used to this single-use, you know, like, no real mm-hmm. uh, appreciation. Connection, and, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's all based on I need something better I need something more yeah um, instead of like really honing in what you have and, 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 yeah. and appreciating it and making something more out of what is there yeah um, I know uh, it's so funny I have a friend that's like recently single 
he's like, I spoke to three people in a Starbucks. They all looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we are. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, even this 10 years ago, I changed apartments. I was living in New York. And um, I moved into this new apartment. And I don't know. I grew up, I guess, old school. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently. But, you know, I, like, you know, took brownies to the neighbors. Yeah. Just be like, hey, I'm your new neighbor. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like, uh... Yeah, you know, you yeah. Uh, these safety, like who, you yeah. know. <laughs> wow, um, I know, unbelievable, eh? Yeah, but you know, like we we've, we've missed this. I this, know. This I grew up in this big Irish family, so we um, we're all like that too. We're just you know, everyone's okay, you go to your neighbors, you know. Yeah. It's like my it's crazy. My my dad brought my mom to his sister's like birthday at their house on their first date. Wow. I was like, she met the parents on the first date. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. you never, you would never think to do that. No, for sure. You wait years, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, it's a beautiful thing though. You know, it is. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no reason for us not to be more connected. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what, what, what's the harm in getting to know somebody? Yeah. You know, I think too, uh, I think it was a perfect match to working with someone like Tom Morello on a song like that. Yeah. Cause he's obviously very vocal about, issues of that nature as well absolutely and um so did you did you know tom already or, yeah okay yeah. so did, had you guys talked about making this song together or did you have the song and bring it to him yeah i, I had the song um and uh you know, i'd ask him if he'd be um interested in being a part, part of the record you know we, we're like family at this point you know like we're right we're really really close he's like a brother to me and um you know when it came down to like you know which song would would, would be great to have Tom on obviously all of them but mm-hmm. if I had to pick one it was like it, it, it was obviously going to be that one right it, just, yeah. it was a, a, the perfect match and um, yeah he just nailed it and just brought the whole thing to another, another level to it really. to it yeah yeah have you I mean and you've played with uh, I mean we've talked, we've talked about obviously you've played with the E Street Band but you've played with now Tom Morello you've played with people like Eddie Vedder the yeah. Roots Roger Waters, some of like the most, the world's all times greatest rock and roll musicians. Yeah. What are you, when you, when you have these experiences, I mean, imagine it's for one pretty surreal, but are you able to take bits from the experiences with them and apply it to your own music? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like taking notes and like, yeah. Figuring out what, um, yeah, yeah. Like how how to, how to sharpen my own tools. Is there a piece of advice you ever received from someone you've worked with that kind of mm. stuck with you um yeah kind of just builds a... there's one uh obvious one that I go to um and, and it's from Bruce back in 2012 um early early on early on in the tour he pulled me aside and it was before show and just said you know I just, just want to make sure that you're aware you know um you haven't earned it. You haven't earned it, and uh, so you know. Okay, uh, wasn't really sure where where he's going. With yeah, that. but <laughs> does your stomach sink at a statement like that, or are you, no, no? Is it more humbling, or I'm I'm I'm, I'm always all ears. You know, yeah. I, I want to understand what he, what he was saying, and he continued to say, you know, uh, you, you don't earn it. You know, you're always earning it. Gotcha. And uh, and he said, you know, after forty years of doing this. I go out there every night and I'm still I'm still earning it. You have to earn it every time. Wow. And um, 
yeah, and that's just, you know, you can apply that to every aspect of your life. Of course. Yeah. Um, but that desire to self-improve and to, um, to be better, you know, today than you were yesterday, um, goes a long way, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'd say that's probably the biggest piece of advice that I've used in my professional career, um, that I've gotten from another, uh, legend, if you will. You're right. Uh, yeah, you know, there's, 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 there's been a lot of lessons along the way, um, from all kinds of people. I mean, the reason that I broke out as a solo artist, um, I never sang. Uh, I sang when I was a kid, and I hit like 11 or 12, and I come from a family of tremendous singers. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I kind of hit like, you know, that pre-puberty stage, and they were like, right. don't, don't do that anymore. You should not, you should not really? sing. Really? <laughs> so when did you find your, your voice, did you find it? Uh, yeah, it was, it was 2010. Really? Uh, I had seen the movie once, um, a couple years earlier. Which movie? Once. Once? Yeah. It's a phenomenal movie. Uh, yeah. It takes place in Ireland. Uh, okay. But it's Glenn Hansard. I, I actually haven't seen it. Oh, man. You gotta watch it. Okay. Yeah. Once. Um, yeah. Glenn Hansard and Marquette Mar- Mar- Ariglova. Um, and uh, there's a musical about it. And uh, the, well, there's a musical based on the film as well. It's like one like eight Tonys. Um, but watching the film and seeing how Glenn just like delivered his music, just like raw unashamed yeah um, he just put it you know it was like here's my heart right uh, just shook me you know and it was like geez man like I might not be the greatest singer but like I want to do that yeah you know I want to I want to put myself out there um, I was really compelled by that and uh, and that's when I decided to yeah kind of jump ship from just being a side man and to, to the yeah. man I mean well, I've been writing music for for a long time before that too so there was a I just figured I'd let other people sing it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was a, a big moment for me. Excellent. Wow, man. Well, congratulations on everything so far. Thank you. And, um, you know, can't wait to see what, what comes up next. All right, cheers. Cheers. I right, appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.